right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. What up, what up? We back. Episode 2-5, the quarter century in the house. Yay, yay. Lots happened in the last week or so. <laughs> we were just discussing this pre-show briefly, but we, we didn't discuss anything at length because we want to save it all and let it rip. Um, um, uh, you want to lead us off with your 25? So this one was was actually a lot harder than I realized it was. Um, it obviously won't be Ben Simmons, um, but there's a lot because he's supposed to be playing for Australia and he turned up. To be honest, the only reason there's a there are a lot of 25s in my life that I really, 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 really hardcore rooted for, even if the 25 wasn't the number that we know them for. Like, I forgot Sammy's also wore 25. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what, Sammy? And then I looked at Sammy and I was like, well, I don't even know who that is anymore because I think the same is also today who looks like chewing gum. Sure isn't. LaShawn McCoy, one of my all-time favorite Eagles. Pit Panthers. Never root- Excuse you? Say Pit Panthers. Excuse you? you? You ever notice that he said that anytime he uh, introduced himself? I don't care what he said. We don't – Pit Panthers don't get no love on this broadcast. We talk about okay. real football teams. All right? But My guy – the Philadelphia Eagles in the era in which he was playing, so uh, – Still, we don't, we don't bring up lesser football teams. My guy, one of my all-time favorite athletes, athletes, period, um, Jim Tomei. Okay, I like that. Because to me, Jim Tomei is literally the real-life Paul Bunyan. His forearms are the size of pe- most people's quadriceps. He looks like he's never in shape, but he's hitting them 400, 500 feet. I believe he did it all clean. He just appears to be a little leaguer who actually made it. Like the way he stands, the way he points out, you know, like that. That's my guy. Love him, hundred grand. But I gotta go. I got. And I'm going through a lot, but I gotta go with one Barry Bonds. Barry had Lamar. to do it. Ricky Henderson was close. Jim Tomei was closer. I gotta go, Barry Bonds. I still, I still have a Barry Bonds baseball card from when he's with the Pirates that my mom gave me for my birthday as a kid. I was like, "This is insane! I don't know how you got this." Shout out to you, Barry Bonds. To me, even with the steroid use, doesn't get the the respect he deserves for being as great as he actually is. And I know this Hank Aaron's record is a hollow record. Baseball is all about the numbers, but everybody who knows knows. You take away the steroids, he's still a Hall of Famer first ballot. And the fact that this man has no championships and he has, I believe, the most MVPs in MLB history. <laughs> and he won like seven straight or five straight. Dude, like that's in, that's that's like some Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stuff. That's like some stuff that you'd be like, oh, yeah, Kareem did that. It's, like, it's also funny because like the team that did beat him in the World Series, like didn't really have like a star power. No. It was like you look back, Troy Gloss, Darren Erstad, you know, it was like that crew. Um, Barry Lamar is a great pick. I was just thinking with Jim Tomey. I feel like he's the most forgotten about member of the 600 home run club. He has to be. I think, I think the reason he's forgotten though is because he, there was no controversy behind his 600. Like, I think the only, I think some people who had controversy was not like negative. It was like, like Griffey is always like, damn, if he never got hurt. Yeah. Like, that Pujols, was a- like Pujols at least has a controversy. Like, damn, can't believe they gave him that contract. Yeah. You know, like where Jim Tomey just was like, Oh yeah, he's here every day, and he's gonna knock it out. Like, and and it's 
he is such a baseball player's baseball player. Like he's the kind of dude that you'd be like, if you had, if you had he's to draft a crank, team, dude, if you had to draft a team, there's not many picks you're going through before you skip Jim Tome. You're like, mm-hmm. I could use Jim Tome's bat right now, but like Barry Bonds, right? Yeah. Like, here's, here's the thing that I think is forgotten about Barry Lamar is he like, he was no slouch in the field either. He's an no. eight time gold glover. And was arguably right behind Ricky Henderson as the best guy to still a base when you need it in the MLB 40, during 40. time. Light work. Light work. You know, the he only almost went 40-40 multiple times, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 insane, man. He was just so great. Like, he 14-time All-Star, 7-time NL MVP, 8-time Gold Glover, 12-time Silver Slugger. And four award. MVPs in a row. Four in a row. He didn't win the next one was because he got hurt. And yeah. I believe Pujols won that one. But yeah, he, here's what I always look at. Look at 07. And this is stuff to the people that say he wasn't blackballed by the league. Yeah, he if still should be playing. <laughs> enough, is you, if you look at his OPS uh-huh. in his last year at age, whatever it was, 42, mm-hmm. like just plug it in, pick a year, any year you want, plug it into the top 10, see where it is. Like he's top three or four, probably. Yeah. And no one offered him a contract. No one offered a contract, him a contract. Dude. And he didn't get a chance to coach until like eight years after he retired. They're that like, on base nah. percentage is basically that on base percentage is last season is even with the all time greatest career on base percentage. Yes, that's how insane this guy. I remember or, one uh, a thousandth shy, but we'll give it to him. Dude, one quote he said that blew my mind. He was like, "It was like Barry, how are you this good of a hitter?" And he was like, "I can, you know how most people can see." Um, the way the ball is moving when it's in the air. He said, I can see the stitches in the hand and the fingers on the ball before the pitcher lets it go. So I know mm-hmm. it's coming. And I was like, that is some insane mutant stuff. That is not no like, hey, this guy is pretty good at this guessing game that they call hitting and pitching. Like, no, like he had seven, almost 700 intentional walks. Yeah. And he's part of and I strongly encourage anyone to go look up the history of this at bat the greatest single at bat in the history of baseball in terms of matchup, him and Eric Gagne, where they had this unspoken agreement. Well, not unspoken. It was a spoken agreement that mm-hmm. no one knew about where they said Eric Gagne gets one breaking pitch, can't throw his devastating changeup. So it was basically, and he threw a slow curveball for a ball, basically because he didn't want Barry to hit it. Um, and then basically from there on, it's just fastballs, fastballs, fastballs. It was just the ultimate baseball matchup of one-on-one big man versus big man. This was Cy Young versus MVP. Mm -hmm. So that's what I look for. You you know what's crazy, too? This is one stat that I don't think a lot of people ever think about or most people don't even know. Barry Bonds only struck out 100 times once in his career when it was his rookie year. Mm -hmm. Like, that's insane. That's like one of those things where it's just like, like by the time a third of the season is done, most teams – rosters have had 100 strikeouts. It's just like, yeah, you know, like, this is what it is. Is we going for the ball. Barry Bonds had 100 strikeouts once in his life, and it was his rookie year, and it was 102, and he never even touched 100 again. Yeah, never even – I mean, he had one, two, three more times in 20 years, 21 years after that point that he was in the 90s. In the 90s, dude. Like it's he what he did was some some Wilt Chamberlain Kareem Abdul Jabbar shit where it's just like but with okay, modern pitchers. Yeah. That's like, what's so wild. You look at those guys and it's like it, this isn't 
it shouldn't take away from the greatness, but people were like, oh, they played against people who are 5'9". Like, mm-hmm. no, Barry was facing Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling in his division. Mm-hmm. Eric Gagne in his division. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go down the Amy list. Amy Moyer, yeah. Hawk will never die. Yeah, you were right there. And, 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 and he was so durable. I think that's something he doesn't get credit for either. Like, this guy literally always, I mean always, outside of his rookie year where he played 113 games, he always paid a minimum of 120-plus games. Mm-hmm. Minimum. And 126 was his lowest, I believe. No, it was 112. Okay, 112 and 94, but then 126, and then 102 and 99. But that's when he's like 42 years old, and then that's also 99. I think that was like a shortened season. No, nah, not 99. Oh, that was the NBA. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, this dude was super durable. Uh, I was hoping. I want to see. I'm just curious. It, it is, but I'm not subscribed to baseball reference for the premium stuff, so I don't think I can get to it. I wanted to see if I could uh, find Jamie Moyer versus Barry Bonds numbers. It's going to look bad for Bonds. So eight strikeouts. No, actually, though, Ivan. So apparently in 99, they only played 156 games. I mean, that's only six shy, though. That's not a short season, baby. Still shortened season. Fair. It's shortened. Greatest all star game in uh, baseball history, though. That's a fact. What, 99? Mm hmm. Yeah, maybe. I think it had the most star power. Definitely had the most star power. It not even just in the game. They brought back the all century team that year. Mm-hmm. Like so it was just all the legends. Then you had Bonds, Maguire, Sosa. Or no, I don't know if Bonds was. Maguire, Sosa, Griffey with the backwards hat in the Derby. Ted Williams throws shows up. Pedro strikes Bonds, out five of the first six. I think Bonds was there. I think he did participate. I couldn't remember because I don't you know why I'm hesitant to think that? And he may have been hurt for this reason. I don't think he faced Pedro. Like Pedro struck out the five of the first six batters, mm-hmm. and Barry Bonds was not in there. But like McGuire, Sosa, those those dudes were. So I think I, mean, I think Bonds may have been hurt. He could have, and he could also just not been a starter, which sounds crazy. But I feel like that. Think about ninety nine. Ninety nine was so crazy. I mean, Barry Bonds was not, but Barry Bonds was not a fan favorite though. Like he like that's like one of those things where I like. He was not popular. Like Barry Bonds was a very unpopular human being <laughs> in baseball. I and mean, you got Sammy, you got Big Mac, you got all of these dudes who like people love. And Bonds is is better than all of them. And it's just like, yeah. Or or he probably just like fucked this game because he also wasn't in any video game. It was just player. No, he, you know what? Five. He was definitely there because I think I remember him greeting like Ted Williams and and being in like the circle on the field. I and love how he's Willie, in baseball. History. Willie would have been there. Yeah, I love how he's a baseball historian. Okay, like, that's I, think I found it. Parts. He faced Barry Bonds, 42 plate appearances. 41 strikeouts. 37 at-bats. Pretty good. Pretty okay, good. okay, okay. Um, didn't intentionally walk him a single time. Yeah, yeah. Get some nuts. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> uh, he went 8 for 37, 216. Dog, I'll take that. Elite. That's elite. You that is me? fucking and that that is uh that is Warren Spawn numbers. <laughs> struck him out. He struck him out. Mm-hmm. Hey, one strikeout versus zero intentional walks against Barry Bonds. Going to 89. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, I looked at the wrong line item. Seven strikeouts. Oh! <laughs> 
That's that 89 mile power fastball on that. Five ass, home bro. runs, but th- who cares about that? <laughs> Whatever, dog. He was juiced. <laughs> <laughs> he gave up eight. He gave up eight hits. Five of them went over the fence. <laughs> and that, but it's what? all good. It's all good because Jamie gave up the most home runs in the history of baseball. I'm, if I'm not know, mistaken, you know so like it's all good. That? Some of those games were in the old ass vet. Well, that was a big ass ballpark or in San Francisco, a big ass ballpark. It wasn't like he was just hitting them over Citizens Bank all the time. Yeah, he had a 622 slug. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, he only threw an 89 mile power hey, fastball. Here's the thing. Uh, he hit him with a pitch. Shit. So, you know, establish your authority. Respect. Absolutely. Uh, and made him ground into a double play. If you make Barry Bonds ground into a double play more than you made made him intentionally walk that feels like a win Listen, that, that is that is a super w his jersey needs to be retired for that san francisco should retire but like you know you gave barry a, a good run for the money like that that is i also <laughs> think this, that is, there's this is the heat retiring 23 absolutely <laughs> i think there's also certain rules higher all even, of them i would, yeah, ne- I would never get over that. jamie moyer's numbers i would never get over that like the heat literally is a franchise that was created in the 90s and you retired a man's jersey. Crazy. Like, it's just insane to me. But neither here nor there. I think that Barry Bonds' numbers are are those outlier stats that people don't want to talk about because they're so nasty. Like, they are so ridiculous that they have to blame all of them on steroids, even though they know a lot of those numbers are not because of steroids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, here's what I'll say. We all know he took steroids. He no, we don't. Test. Allegedly. Allegedly. He never felt tests. He never felt tests. His head got noticeably larger if you look at year-to-year pictures of him. Maybe, but maybe he was he still had, putting up numbers before that. Maybe he had – you see how Chris Tucker head got Elephantitis big? of the head. I was about to say, you see how Chris Tucker got – like his head got big after the first rush hour because he started making money so he wasn't eating healthy. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> Barry, Barry, Barry Lamar started eating. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, maybe he had high blood pressure, but it all went to his head. Instead of, like, he he looks way better now. Head yeah, is looks, much looks more normal more size. It looks way more healthy now. I want to know what size Hattie wore because you know Juan Pierre used to wear what a five and a half. I want to know what Barry Bonds was wearing. Like I need to know those. Stats. I'm gonna see three quarters. I'm sure. I need to know those. Stats. I think Brett Gardner wears a similar size. Brett Gardner is another guy whose head gets bigger every year, but he also doesn't hit home runs. So I don't know that he's on steroids or not, but I don't believe this. This is not accurate because I wear a seven and one fourth hat. There's no way it's seven fourths. Mine's mine's That's mine what it says. That. It nah. says seven and one fourths. Dog, and I wear grew- a seven and five eighths. Yeah, and then it grew to seven and three eighths. That's some bullshit. It was at least eight and a half. Like, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in like the early years of him cycling. <laughs> yeah, like what is it? Seven and one. I wear seven and one fourths right you, now. It, it may I- have been that when he was still in Pittsburgh. That might have been that in high school. Like, I don't believe yeah. that at all. <laughs> all right. So I'm I'm glad you did Barry Lamar because that was gonna be my pick. Awesome. I was I was gonna go with Barry Lamar as my pick. Okay. Until a couple hours ago. <laughs> At which point there's now only 125 that is in my brain. And it is the 25th day in September when we get the long awaited return of one Nicholas Diaz. <laughs> that is the 25 I'm going with because it's mm-hmm. all I'm gonna be thinking about for the rest of the week, if not beyond, until that day is that I, I hate to even consider it, but barring any crazy change, which p- may probably happen, um, Come on. the 25th day in September, that is my number 25 because the Nick Diaz army is back and ready for ready to go, ready for war. 
So do we get a percentage of the pay-per-views because we predicted this? Um, here's what I'll say. Um, after everything we've learned and that we will be discussing on this one podcast, uh, I am happy to give my share to the pay-per-view to the fighters that need to be paid. <laughs> but let me let me keep like maybe a percent and the rest can be split elsewhere. All right. So so before we go to that round, did you did you even announce what the fight was? Or did you just go straight into the I mean, if, for, if you if Nate, you don't know, Nicholas you need Diaz. to get to know. <laughs> it's Nick Diaz, it's ruthless Robbie Lawler, oh, a rematch 17 going. years in the waiting. This is the return of the original Stockton motherfucker fight. Mm-hmm. This is the I, fight that we named. This yes. should be the one that happened like a month and a half ago. <laughs> Literally like a month and a half ago. We were on top. Pay us, Dana. I know you don't <laughs> want to pay the fighters. Pay the matchmakers, even if it's us. Dude, I need, I need to see the prop bets. I need to see the prop bets. I need to see who's going to bleed first and see what the best betting odds are. I need to see at what point is smoke in the air. Is it going to be during the weigh-in? Is it going to be during the first interview? Is it going to be? I need that thing looking like the old school palestra. Like, I don't want to be able to see anything beyond the octagon because it's just smoke. Mm, mm. I like that. I like that. I, I think hey, that they honestly, should get even if it's not actually smoke for Nick Diaz's walkout smoke machines the entire time. I think I think that they should allow him to walk out with Snoop, Redman, Currency, all of the rappers who just blow heavy tree walk out with him. I think they should let Snoop do, call the fight with D.C., I think that they should really just lean hard into it. And it better be in Las Vegas. So that yeah, so it's that, gonna be at the apex. Okay. So that and, and to me, whatever Nicholas Diaz makes, they need to double or triple it for all of the money he had to give the commission of Nevada for, for the marijuana suspension. Yep. I think that I that's agree. only only right. Let's see. I'm trying to pull up. Let's see what these odds are. I think when they first announced that the fight was like maybe gonna happen, Nick was a slight underdog, mm-hmm. which Give me that. Um, let's see. Come on. We got to have you here. Two sixty six. No, they don't have it announced yet. Um, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Gave me the betting odds for 2004. Uh, I don't think that's what I need. Um, so yeah, what I'm seeing is looks like slight favorite. Um, oh, it opened with Nick as a bigger favorite, and then naturally the entire public started betting on Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we see at all, at all, whether it be an embedded episode, whether it be a photo, just randomly on Instagram, which you will see what I want because I don't have Instagram, or in the corner of of Nicholas Diaz? the entire scrap pack together. Yes. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I hope. I, I don't know, though. I, I hope. I Maybe I want to just, let's. I want to speak it into existence. <laughs> we keep speaking other things into existence. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to continue that trend. Um, I want everyone there. Oh. And I, 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 I want them, favorite. I want Dana to give Joe Rogan a check to pay the FCC just so he can just drop Stockton motherfucker all fight or at least once, at but least I think, once. But I, I think it's going to be on pay-per-view. So you don't even need to pay the FCC. You say whatever the fuck you want on pay-per-view. That's true. Do you think, do you think at all that Dana should partake in a wager with Nick, like he did with Nate 
how Nate could slap the shit out of him if he won that fight. Do you think that they should be like, if I win, you got to smoke with us all night and then do an interview tomorrow morning? Ooh. With Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I don't want Dana involved. I want Nate and Nick to, especially Nick. I mean, I get it, it's not Dana, it's the commissions and everything. But Nick hasn't, or uh, Dana hasn't helped Nick's life be any easier no. in the last 10 years. So, no, I don't want Dana partaking in anything with them. <laughs> I want him to go collect his check, go get a fight of the night bonus, most likely, walk out of there with some money, go party. All right, question then. Question then. If Nick wins or loses, whatever, when he gets his, his, his check, right? Should they just give it to him in pounds of weed or should they give it to him in straight cash only? Oh, straight cash only. And we got to record the whole thing. Yeah. No, I want briefcases. Count them one, count them bill by bill. Make the commission count it out even. <laughs> Nick just while, like, while you know, he's smoking. You know what? Niggas is like, you know what? I actually want this in coins. Could you go back and change this up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's just gonna say, I want some in big, I want some in crypto. I want some in cash. I'd like some in just change in case I need it. Um, I take some in goods. Yeah, I take some in goods. Uh <laughs> I take some in goods. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that they should build this whole card around comebacks? I mean, there's so many title fights on there that I don't know that you can. I didn't see the whole card. All I saw was Nick and I stopped reading. Like, I'm going to keep it real with you. Like, I was just like, we predicted this. I was so hyped that this is actually happening and that we predicted it that I did not even look into who else was fighting. That's how much the Diaz brothers mean. Yeah, let's see. Because I think it's a Nunez card. I think it's a Shevchenko card. Uh, oh, no. Someone. So, Volkanovski Ortega. Okay. And, oh, so it's going to be right after Tough. Yeah. And Shevchenko Murphy. Both will be, yeah, cool. Um, and then I thought I could have sworn that was supposed to be the Yon card, unless that changed. It's crazy that they got all of these champions there. Oh no, that's sad. that's uh, September fourth. But oh yeah, I think they moved some things around for what two sixty six will be. Um, but also, I need him to also get the DS treatment and get a five round fight. Oh, got to get a five-rounder. I mean, the only time round, that a non-main event, non-title fight has gotten five rounds is Nick Diaz, is Nate Diaz. So, yeah, Nick gets the same treatment. Yeah, of course. It's also like, here's the thing. At the end of the day, even – like, Dana loves Nick for that he brings in eyeballs and fans and loves You think Dana sport. loves Nick? No, I, no, I think he likes what Nick brings, and that's why he puts up with him. I do think he loves Robbie Lawler, though. You think he loves – I don't think he loves Robbie. Robbie like never complains about stuff, so it's like he fights. True, but I don't think he loves Cowboy either. I think that he loves guys who he could just be like, "You got to go fight now." And it's, I know it's a two week notice, but we need you to fight. And he just being obedient. I don't think it's. I think he loves how violent Robbie Lawler is, but I don't. Yeah, think but I was, that, what I was what I meant about Robbie Lawler is he's never gonna add a headache to Dana. But like you're right, you're right. But I think that I look at Robbie Lawler the same way I look at, and not in the same vein completely, but the same way I look at Iceman Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell should not be taking all of these random jobs for whatever reason. Maybe he needs the money. Maybe he doesn't. He should always have a job with the UFC, which he did mm -hmm. before the, they sold the UFC and then he got laid off or fired or whatever. And to me, you can't have the guy who made your sport. Uh, uh, um, Took it to um, a new level. 
literally took it to a new level and then continued to take it to a new level, even when he was losing. And part of the reason why he's probably in such bad shape is because he literally put his life on the line and was only, he was an all American wrestler. I've never seen him even try to, to take down somebody. Like it was like, yeah, he was like Gaethje, but even more so. Yeah. And he, he knew, and he, he knew, he was like, he if was you going. put, I mean, Connor's different, but I mean, like you put like the pop culture relevance of a Connor McGregor and the fighting style of Justin Gaethje. And as like a, he- a light heavyweight, that's chuckled up. I got you. I got, I got a great question for you. Rank them, okay. rank them by popularity at their height. All right. I'm about to give you three names. Okay. Popularity at the height. Ronda Rousey. Chuck Liddell. And this one is cheating. And I know it's cheating. No, 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 no. Okay. Diaz brothers together. Um, I still think overall to both the MMA and mm-hmm. uh, and casual like out in your pop culture, mm-hmm. I think it's Ronda, Chuck, and then the Diaz's. So I'm gonna mom play devil's advocate. I think okay. you're right about the the numbers. Like the amount of people who would view a fight that they were doing. I think you're right about that. But I think that if you go beyond the numbers of impact and actual money. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. Then then it might be different. But, you know, I, I was looking at it as like not because Ronda was a champion, but like she was in big movies. First champion, too. Yeah. But I was like, like I'm talking hers was like she was in big movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck was the first star, the, the first like real crossover star from mma i would argue um oh, yeah that's definite i mean yeah. it, it, you can argue that it's probably ken shamrock overall because he went to professional wrestling and he was in like the first ufc but he wasn't kind of brock star. followed that suit as well yeah but chuck was like mainstream like you didn't you knew chuck, the, chuck was the first time where it's like the the reason you learned of him the first time was his fighting yeah you know the mohawk yeah, and you know the Iceman shorts, and you know the cool nickname. Like it's just like it's a yeah, trifecta. Like Ronda was the first one in like the new generation. I think that fully transcended that. Of like, you, it didn't matter if you were a UFC fan, you were gonna see Ronda Rousey's submission that night on social media because it was also so. What was part of iconic was it could fit into a full Instagram clip when those were only sixteen seconds. Yeah, it was like you you could watch her entire fight. Like you couldn't like they just couldn't promote other fighters that way because they weren't doing the things she was doing. So that's why I think she for me would be number one is mm-hmm. the sport had gotten a little more relevance. She was, you know, being put in these big pop culture projects, Fast and Furious, all that stuff mm-hmm. Um, that Chuck never got th- like that much. Chuck was in movies. Even I, I, I understand, but not as big of blockbusters as Ronda was getting put in. Like Ronda's first movie, I think, was The Expendables, which was like that was star power in the yeah. film. All right, here's a here's a here's a second question with the same group of people. Okay, better fighter at their peaks. I think we could take Nate out of it because I know you know you think Nick is the better fighter. So yeah, Nick, Chuck, Ronda, better better fighter at their peaks. My initial thought, my initial, yeah, my initial thought was you got to put the champs one and two, but they all all were champs. They all were champs. I'm talking to UFC. That's fair. That's fair. That's fighter. But I'm going to go. I was, I was still even just UFC. I think I was still going to go Nick. And here's, Mm -hmm. uh, here's why. 
you had the goat running the division. <laughs> like I can't really get mad at him for like the two divisions he was trying to compete in were run by GSP and Anderson Silva. Yeah. So like cool, bro. No offense, but also offense to everyone that Rhonda and Chuck Liddell fought. No one was at that level of dominance. Um, and Not when so. Rhonda finally fought someone who was at that level of dominance. That's actually yep. not even true. She didn't fight anybody at that level of dominance until after she lost already. Well, that yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like when she fought the one person who was at that level of dominance was Amanda Nunes when she got knocked out. I mean, they say 48 seconds. She was out on her feet from the first punch five seconds in. Yeah. She looked like she never was in a stand-up fight in her life. <laughs> yeah, they were yelling head movement that she was a good boxer. Dude, crazy. When Joe Rogan was crying interviewing her. Like this is the kind of stuff that like we forget about. Like I, I think that's passes. that's another point for her in the last question. <laughs> no, because Nick Diaz did the promo for Joe Rogan for for the podcast. Yeah, but that's why Ronda's still above that. Is he? She had Joe Rogan crying for him or for her. But hey, Nick's a better fighter. Nick, I'm going Nick, with Nick Chuck too. Ronda. Nick Chuck Ronda. I'm going with Nick Chuck Ronda as well. And and I think that the only reason why it's not Ronda, even like that much of a. Uh, slight to Ronda in my eyes one because of how great the other two are but two is like she was just so much better at such an infancy stage of women's MMA and her See, style of dominance mm-hmm. really allowed for people who hadn't developed a full MMA game is as none of them could keep up with her on the ground if it got there See, but I think I think that that works in her favor against Chuck because I think Chuck is as unpolished stage. as a fighter yeah. as Ronda. I think as great as Chuck is on his banging. feet, standing, standing and banging, Ronda was on the ground. But if you flip those things, shit probably would have got ugly. Like, we never really saw it with Chuck because he refused to even try to wrestle. But realistically speaking, Nick was the most complete. Mark Mixed Martial Arts easily by that. They were more dominant when it comes to the level Their of impact in the way runs, that they won. Yeah. yeah, in the way that they won. We know Nick more for his WEC championship days but also his losses in the usc usc unc ufc I mean, what am i talking about the i know what you meant it's all good yeah so it's <laughs> it's it's wild because and he he might not he probably won't be a hall of famer nick i want to see what you're going to do there everybody makes into the hall of fame in the ufc i was, going to see if you want to... <laughs> I was about to stock and slap you for saying such a thing. <laughs> yeah it's like all right who did nick diaz lose to Lost to Diego Sanchez, but everyone did that. Oh, we come up with that cross, it's over. Uh, yeah, it means like for his UFC career, he lost to Carlos Condit at what I would argue is Carlos Condit's peak. He lost Natural to GSP, killer, the GOAT. And he lost a decision to Anderson Silva that was later turned to a no contest. And also, all of those losses were decisions. Yeah, he never got stopped. He never got stopped. He had a doctor stoppage. That's it. Everything else was a decision. I and, really, and, and and the more impressive thing with that is he was stopping people. I also need both Diaz brothers to just go get the fucking surgery and get all that scar tissue removed from their face. Like, I just need them to do that so that they can actually get hit and not automatically need 30 stitches and the doctor already calling a fight. And also, the amount of cardio that these guys have that everybody knows about, what doesn't get talked about is your cardio actually goes down when you lose blood. These guys leak for four and a half rounds and get of a better. five round. <laughs> and get Imagine better. Imagine if they weren't bleeding. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, they're they're built different. They really are. I think I, I honestly think that if Nick wins, they should do one final card as the Diaz legacy card. card. Legacy card with the Diaz brothers. Even if we do a tag team cage match, I don't care. Like it gotta be just one Diaz card early next year. Just keep California. sending in different fighters. But like in California, Northern California, if possible, like maybe doing it like San Francisco, which is closer to Stockton, and just really like let them guys go off with like a massive payday and a thank you. I which I'd, never happens I'd, in the UFC, by the way. I just want everybody to know that's not gonna happen because I'd even go go crazy with it. Go full legacy. Uh I don't know. I, I was gonna say, like, bring your eye Faber out. Give him another farewell fight in California for no yeah. reason. But why not? Like, like when you think NorCal fighters, you think the Diaz's favor. Um, Where's Cody from? Ohio. Ohio. I mean, he fights out of or yeah, he fought he out of there, but now he's fighting out of Jersey. Yeah. Pretty much. He, so he like, looks like he should be in Jersey. No lie. You're not Speaking wrong. Of Cody, look at this transition. Speaking of Cody, what do you think about your man's new podcast? I, uh, I haven't listened. The, I know I haven't listened to his podcast. Movie. Yeah, because he did like a fight companion with. Um, I, I was surprised, but not really at all. <laughs> all right, so I saw something that apparently they were buying a bunch of bots to view it. That doesn't because, yeah, because he already has. He's this new podcast thing has only been up for I think like a month, and they have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers, I think, or yeah, something no. like that. And apparently what happens, though, is when you buy a bunch of bots to watch and comment, they just comment the same thing over and over again. So when you look through the actual chat, because like I saw a video of them, like, well, I'm about to start reading the chat. He's like, don't read the chat. And he's like, I'm about to read the chat. He's like, no, we're not reading the chat. Keep that to yourself. Like any shop, shop is like straight up like, we're not doing that. Yo. We're not doing that. And apparently it's because all of the bots kept saying the same exact thing, like at the same time. So it was like, what is this? And the fact that Joe... <clears throat> It's just allowing people to do fight campaign. That shows how much money Joe Rogan has. He's like, I don't care. Like, it is whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, he could get something going like uh, Michael Buffer, though. You know, Michael Buffer makes like $3 million a year suing people for 25 grand a piece on, I mean, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to fumble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not its time. Dude, it, it's wild to me that, like, do you think, do you think that, where the UFC is right now, its popularity, that it actually could get bigger? Or do you think they should just keep trying to feed the people that they have now? I think it could get bigger, um, but kind of to transition, I think they're also at da in danger of really hurting the sentiment of the UFC with athletes. And, like, I don't think they're going at the trajectory that they sh should be going and I think it's allowing for other organizations to grow a little bit. Other ones like PFL that have kind of found new ways to innovate the sport even, or Bellator running all these Grand Prix. Um, and I don't know what the payouts look like from other companies to their fighters, but I, you know, from what Ariel said on the Dan Lemitard show, the GOAT, the GOAT of MMA broadcasting, oh. you know, he and, let, and he let it rip. Yeah. yeah. I have not seen him ever really let it rip like that. Dog, I watched that for all of y'all <laughs> listening. I watched half it. I sent it to Ivan like, you need to watch this before our podcast because we're going to talk about it because this is yeah. insane. Yeah, I he, he's always struck me as level-headed, maybe a little humor there, here and there. Uh, kind of corny, kind of dry. Very, very pissed off. He was very pissed off. And rightfully so. 
but you know, it was like he. I think he finally like. He, I mean, he kept talking about the freedom that he now has being mm-hmm. outside. Because you think about you know he was at FS1 when the UFC was with FS1. He was with ESPN for like three weeks. Then the UFC came to ESPN. <laughs> he could never trash them. Now he can say everything, and he's coming with receipts. Oh my gosh, receipts that the UFC you know to get even more specific receipts that the UFC is getting uh, that is not being distributed fairly. Um, and I think, you know, it's like if they started giving back to their fighters, letting their fighters do more, I think inherently that's going to grow the sport. Yeah, but, I don't think it's going to happen because I think they're using the NFL model where it's about the shield and not about the players. Yeah, and the NFL oh, is the biggest business. Completely, completely. Which is not the truth, though, because the, the one of the reasons why the NFL can do the shield over the individual players is because those players play for five to ten years that are great. Great players usually play for a half a decade, decade, Tom Brady's and it's an institution. Years. Yeah, where UFC people come and go so fast because you burn your fighters out and you literally smash them into pieces so that they never can actually go anywhere or do anything and be great without you. So you might have, what would you say the average career length for somebody who's popular in the UFC to stay at a high level? What do you say the average career length is? Honestly, I would say like maybe two to three years. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same thing. That's such a short period of time for them to possibly make money in, in like, the like UFC. Look at, a perfect example is even like Brian Ortega, like, when he was coming up, flying triangles and T City, baby. Yeah, when he was like really T City before you know he got that first shot against Max, Ooh. everyone was talking T City. Mm-hmm. And then like until tough, you know, like I, he was around, but like he wasn't getting pushed. I'm sure his probably, pay was dot was wasn't as high because he probably still was on that original fight deal, which is what I think they said like five fights or something like that. Probably something like, like that. Whatever protects the UFC's pockets. Yeah, and and when Ariel went off about the cryptocurrency deal, and he was like zero percent of that. It's the biggest one hundred seventy five million dollars, biggest deal in UFC history. Zero percent to the fighters. Zero percent to the and they're gonna and then they have to wear it to the ring. Like they have to have that logo That's somewhere. Why, shout out to Connor being like, "Fuck that! I'm not wearing that." Yeah. It's I'm not wearing dude, shit. it is so I love it. I loved it when like Nate used to pull up in Adidas instead of wearing the Reebok stuff. I love that that Lizzie has the closely. Puma. I'm about to say he's Izzy's rocking the Puma shit and it's like black. So you'd be like, hmm, what's mm-hmm. going on there? It's Israel, not Israel, uh Ariel. Ariel. Ariel was like letting off fucking atomic bomb like this was was, this was a decade's worth of like receipts that he had kept that had he hadn't been able to say because of who his employer was mm -hmm. um and 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 i don't think he wanted to say either i think he literally was like i don't want this to be an issue like no because i i think you know and and you listen to how he talks about everyone apart from dana mm -hmm. dana dana you know like he talks about you know he's like i would get in front of a train for chael son in dc you know, and I think that's why you're right. He wouldn't have said anything when he was in those institutions. You know, I'll I'll bet now that he's with BT Sport, which you know does a lot of work with like Bisping and um, him and Darren Till have a weird relationship. Um, but you know, like I'll, I'll bet I wouldn't have been you know, shocked. They, they just they just did a three way. Uh, oh, I know, I know they did. did. That was amazing. That was yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then even just the one-on-one IG live that they did was hysterical. I also don't understand any British person when they're talking to another British person. 
Well, Darren's also from Liverpool. The accent is definitely different. No, but, but Bisbing, oh, Bisbing changed his accent. Bisbing started sounding like he was almost like, yo, what is it? I wouldn't be shocked if he even talked to Bisping, be like, they're probably going to ask me this. Or I'll bet he talked to BT Sports. He's like, I'm going to let it rip. So, you know, it is what contract. it is. It's probably in his contract. Yeah, you got to be talking shit about you. Well, that's, that's, just, that's just, but that's British TV. They get to let it fly more. Always have. Does, does does this at all the whole area? The era of Hawaii interview is only like 20 minutes, but is it go? I might watch it after we stop talking. Yeah. Just to like, just Most to of it he spent it. in a luchador mask, basically cutting oh, WWE promos amazing. too, which was electric. Amazing. Because people people who don't know anything about him and but know the US are like, who's this crazy person in the in the luchador mask? And they're like, this is the most respected journalist. In, He's, in he gets the best out of every single fighter he talks to. But like, if you, if you, but like, even, like if you go back and watch... When he walked through Dublin with Connor, when Connor was on his full ascension, like Connor still makes time for him now. Yeah. Um, he's one of the few people that Connor makes time for. Yeah, he did you know, he's life. done great stuff with Nick and Nate. He's done stuff with everyone. Like that is the Nathan. guy. If you want good Nathan. MMA journalism, Nathan. Nathan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I forgot we were talking about Ariel for a second. Nathan. Losing, losing his I apologize. Head. Come on, man. Do you think he drops a Nicholas at some point? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> For sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets if he gets a stock and tat on his forearm. Yeah, I mean, like that was it Nick or Nate that gave him the Nathan, uh, the the classic, you know, where I'm come from, people get slapped for that. That was with Ariel Hawani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to have been. Had to have been Nathan. Nick was probably suspended by that point. Yeah, it was Nathan. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I think that's the thing. If you want, there's a couple other really good ones, but the cream of the crop has been and will always will be Ariel Hawani. And I love that he came with the facts. He was like, you could have played a drinking game, basically, to how many times they were promoting these new shows. And I never once had any of my shows promoted on a UFC paper. That, no, not even just UFC. On ESPN. Like, he was just straight up like. No, they, well, no, no, you're right. They only had him on, like, on the, on YouTube or on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that hit me in a. That was a gut. That was a liver shot. That was the Bernard really Hopkins, was. Oscar De La Hoya liver shot. I was like, I never realized it. I was like getting like, hit I by ESPN Mickey Ward every day. I, was I never Mickey realized Ward shot. Yeah, huh. yeah. I, like, and I watch ESPN every day, and I never realized that I've never seen the promo. It never hit me because I was still consuming the content. But like, yeah, because I look for it. I'm like, yeah, what is Arrow up to? Like, what's going on? So like, but he yeah, had like, like, I loved him in Chael's back and forth. Yeah. And, and he had like, like what five? Shows like, on ESPN? like, yeah, but yeah, the only thing you would see is ESPN MMA will be posting like clips from uh, him in DC. But um, it was. There, yeah, he would get like an occasional Sports Center spot for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. It was, but he even talked. It, it was about dope that. to hear him talk about his story about getting to do some of the NBA stuff because yeah. that was something that everyone was well aware. Like you could have watched any of his MMA hours. By the way, that's the other thing that I, people that are new to the sport in the last couple of years with how much it's boomed. I don't think people realize what area was grinding. That dude had like a seven-hour show every single day, jam-packed with fighters and big guests. Um, and that I, sounds like it's coming back. So I can't wait for that. But I'm, I'm happy for him, man. I hope, he, I I hope he's getting a crazy bag. He's probably getting paid more than 95% of the UFC fighters, sadly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I'll bet for sure. Because he seemed like the kind of guy 
who it can be annoying sometimes, but he seems overly compassionate to the people he covers because he knows how serious their situation is. He knows that you can die in there. So he's never, I've never heard him be vulgar towards a fighter, even when fighters are being vulgar to him. Like I've mm-hmm. never heard, you know how like Stephen A and sometimes Matt, all these guys, they'll be say, they'll say crazy shit about yep. players, like personal shit. And it'd be like, I don't think you should say that kind of shit about like the NBA or NFL. I've never heard Errol Hawani one time say, Oh, this guy's this guy's soft. He's scared. Like I've never heard him say anything close to stuff like that. It's always been straight up gentleman analysis about a fighter. But also, also, I've never heard him say a complete negative thing about a fighter. Like he always spins it positively. Like, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. like it's and and that's so rare. And I think that's one of the reasons why he gets so much love. But the fact that he had to not look at Dana White if Dana White walked in a room and he had to be escorted out of the entire building by by, by the security by like, his own security. Come on, man. And the security that know him and he Come knows them. And apologizing. They, they, to they him. probably know he like they've probably talked to each other's families at this point. And I'll bet yeah. Dana hasn't. You know Dana hasn't. But you know, yeah, I, I think what you said about Ariel is really important. He he strikes me as a guy, and I, I think there's a rare few hosts of anything, whether mm-hmm. it be a TV show or um, a podcast or, or anything, that you can visibly see their appreciation for the job that they have. Um, like, I, I think um, he's got some weird stuff with him sometimes too, but like James Corden has always had that vibe to me. When I look at like his content, I'm like, you seem like you just genuinely can't believe you get to do what you do every day. <laughs> and so you just have fun with it. I agree. And like, I think Ariel's the same way. He's like, he's so appreciative of the Dude, role he, that he has he despite all on his own show because yeah. he thought, because he was, he banned him for life. He cried on the internet in front of everybody to see, to show how much he is sorry that he announced. And that's, he, he got banned for, correct me if I'm wrong. He got banned for life for breaking a story, which journalists and reporters and TV anchors do every day that the UFC didn't want out there yet. I remember it was super because it was about um, a deal that they just struck up. It was super simple. Um, let me pull it. Let me just pull up the. And he got a lifetime ban. He said the press credentials were taken and they were banned for life from all UFC events. He earlier reported the it was the return of Brock Lesnar at UFC 200. Yeah, and and he announced it before UFC announced it on the broadcast without notifying the UFC first. And he got banned for he didn't work for the U. That's what's good. He doesn't work for the UFC. He's an independent contractor, and they ban his man for life because he actually broke a story, which is what you're paid to do. Yep. And then he went on his. I mean, own but like it's so crazy that like you look at what they say. Um, John Jones said that was talking about how unfortunate that was. Chris Weidman. DC, like Chris Weidman said, this sport needs the goat of MMA report. <laughs> yeah, Mr. America. <laughs> like, like those names, those are just three names. That's those names are MMA, MMA. very much movers and shakers. Yeah, those are fan favorites and royalty. All Hall of Famers. Yep. First ballot, even though UFC doesn't have ballots, I don't think. I think it's just like, yeah, you're and right. And they now. just do it when they feel like it. Yeah. I think literally, was, I've never heard somebody say I mean, BJ year. Penn was fighting after he was in the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, so, yeah. like, clearly nothing. There's no rules. I've never heard somebody say, like, oh, they just missed a cut. Like, I'll just hear when people make it, and then that's it. I never hear who doesn't make it. Like, I've never seen, like, 16% of the vote went to such and such. Like, it's I've never heard Dana being, like, looking at names on a board and be like, mm, maybe next year. That's the people who oh, just missed the cut. 
I want to <laughs> see like like the Jessica I get 18% when you're like, I need to see like what the statistics <laughs> are. Beth Rawlings with that, that 9.2. Maybe maybe she'll get it up next year. <laughs> or how many years you're on the bottle before it goes to like the, the executive committee who's already yeah. in all the fame? Like you imagine, you imagine Chuck Liddell, they be like hey, Hoist, Chuck Liddell. We, need, we need you to come back in. <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you feel? How do you feel about Kat Zingano, Chuck Liddell? He'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Matthews, um, can you come look at this? Like, I know that you had an injury and, like, you're probably not functioning at a high level anymore. But, like, can you look at this? Like, is GSP in there yet? GSP should be he, in there. He made it He made it on leisure. Did he have the long hair at that point or are we still good? Well, you know what's funny about that? Because it was a the pandemic. They showed, like, an amazing video. Oh, that's so right. I have no clue what his hair looked like. But that video was pretty dope. But it was literally this is I feel this, like the hair is newer than that. So these, I, I can't just say I can't stand the hair. These are the things that annoy me about the UFC. A lot of things do. But like, how do you if I'm a, I think I'm please, please correct me if I'm wrong. When they showed the GSP Hall of Fame video, that video was less than two minutes long. I think it was like like I feel like it was like 45 seconds to like a minute 15. I was like, well, yeah, because they they do them as like coming back from commercial hits. I don't give a fuck. That I is agree. GSP. Here's the thing. If, if you want to do like a 40 second version coming like on a pay-per-view where it's like, here's what it is. Cool. The other thing is there's plenty of time on a pay-per-view to do Dude, a five minute talk hit forever on those pay-per-views. Like GSP should have had a, mm, let's see. Okay. So, so let, let's tier it. Let's if there's plenty of guys. Let's go goat tier. Like Kimbo slice. If to put in the UFC hall of fame, two, three minutes. Cool. Show them on top. Even if, show them in the backyard. If, he, yeah. he's more influential than that. Cool. GSP should be like 15 minutes. <laughs> dude, you, dude you, can, you can do it in segments. Five minutes here, five minutes later on, five minutes to close the night out. Do yeah. it in the segments of his career. Like that is, and I think, and I think this is one of those reasons why I don't like the UFC sometimes. I think it's because they are still fucking butthurt that he took the title and ran off. And he's just like, dog, I had colitis. Like my intestines weren't working. And you want me to try to come back and yeah. fight? It was also like, yeah, Bisping wasn't going to hold that belt much longer. So who cares? Bisping had one eye and you let that man fight. He Bisping shouldn't have been got fighting knocked anyway. out two weeks later. Yeah. He, cold. Remember, he fought Kelvin Gaslam in China, cold. I think, and got knocked out. Cold. Cold. The count was down for the count. And I don't think he ever got up, really. M- Michael Bisping is someone I'd love to have this conversation with and just talk shit for a little while, though. I think Michael Bisping is one of those dudes that he overachieved. Like, he's the, he's the consummate. He's the Patrick Beverly of the UFC. Whereas just like he obviously had enough skill to make it, but he overachieved because he worked his ass off and he was just so feisty that you had to beat him. He was never going to beat himself. He was never going to just quit. He was never going to not be in shape. I don't even think he ever missed a uh, um, weight. Did he miss a weight? Uh, I don't remember. Never missing weight. Yeah. So he was a professional because he knew that he had to be on his A game anytime he fought because he never was more talented. He was mostly never more talented. than Left hand Larry. Dude, it's it's but like and and use his mouth very well. I think he's awesome. top five. Top five right. on the mic. I think he's top five on the mic. Ooh, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be an interesting list to work on. I think on. he's top five on the mic. And I, it's not because he talked all the time, which he did. But I think there's a lot of dudes who talk a lot. Yeah, like I don't think Izzy's trash talk is effective. I think right. it's actually pretty bad. It's so right. bad. That's our but, guy. But we like, love his But, like, that shit is but like Luke Rockhold saying, if you see it, believe in you. <laughs> it sounds like the worst self-help book I've ever read. <laughs> 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 Her Dana's announced back when they did the post-fight press conferences with the winners and losers on stage together. And yeah. Dana announces him as the performance of the night. He goes, 50 G's, baby. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then like somebody like Rhonda's terrible at trash talk and she would just call yeah. people bitches and it was terrible. But then you have like Connor. uh before before yeah. before Khabib. Yeah, before this, we got anyway, that's a great transition into Connor. Yeah, Connor was probably the number one trash talker. Um, because and to me, Chael wouldn't make the top five because he never backed it up. He okay. never backed it up. So you gotta, okay. you gotta that's an yeah. interesting caveat to that. I think that's fair. I, that's what I'm gonna go with because to me, the trash talk is but only are we also as good talking as what just pressers. I'm talking the Diaz's are it. bad impressors. I'm talking all of it. You can okay. do you could do like personal stuff you put out, you could do interviews, you could do pressers, you could do in the ring, whatever you want to do, put that stuff in there. Which actually, before we go to Connor, I can't think of any woman who has a great history of trash talking. Um which is weird to me because if you wanted to back hers up, it'd be pretty good. The times that she talked the most trash is when I think she's lost. Joanna. Oh, Joanna? When she's that's my girl. The boogie woman girl. is coming for you. You know, that's my girl. That's my girl. See, yeah, but I would say I would say that hers That's probably more Izzy style though. It was kind of cringy, but also it was like it was not only cringy, but it also was almost never as good as who she's talking to. Like when uh when she was doing the um the season of tough and <laughs> and Claudia just kept saying, But you're not attractive. And she's like, I'm the most attractive. He's like, No, you're not. We're look at me and look at you. Like it was just like so fuck. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Shout shout out to T City on that one too, allegedly. No comment. But she put it out there first. You want to have her his babies. Well, yeah. So but yeah, I mean, like the because the greats there. I think if Valentina spoke more, like it sounds messed up to say this way, like if we could don't understand, say it, don't say it, don't Stephen A, don't Stephen A, it, don't I, I'm not, a. not not I'm not okay. Stephen A, <laughs> but I'm we saying we got a sponsor yet, I, dog. I, 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 I don't canceled. think it's as trash talk is tougher there. I think no, if it can't be understood, well, the Polish power. That's so he be crushing on the mic. It's not really trash talk, but he does a great job of selling himself. That's sometimes He's so like trash talk, by the way. Huh? That's definitely some of the best trash talk. One hundred percent. Because it's like I'm so nice of a guy, but I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. I want you to know that. Like it's like, God I mean, damn, I'm rooting for Derek him. Lewis. Is my Derek partner. Lewis? See, that's the kind. That's different. That's to me, Derek Lewis is above Chael because Derek Lewis not only is natural, it feels natural. He backs it up, but it's also he, because he hits it with the post fight usually. You did or, right in the or, heat of the or he does like the DC one where it's very playful trash talk, disrespecting oh. that Popeye's chicken. Where's Where's Max at? Oh, Max is high up. Max is high. Even the <laughs> playful stuff with DC. Max is high. Yeah. Like his merch. It, 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 I was telling someone this because going back to not wanting to give the UFC any money. I was like, yeah, I want to get some some new fighter merch. And then, I, and then I went to the UFC store. And I was like, I don't want to give the UFC any of my money. And it's also not dope. It's not dope. I was like, let me go to these dude sites. And. Max has some great stuff. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get a, a blessed headband for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, some dope t-shirts and sweatshirts that I would have bought if it wasn't just his striking numbers against Calvin Cater. <laughs> <laughs> Before you even when you pause, I was like, oh, let's go talk about Calvin Cater. <laughs> yeah, it's just the numbers. It just says like 50-42 in the striking numbers. <laughs> But that I am going to get amazing. some Nick Diaz stuff. Oh, that is so great. That's a that fact. So great. So yeah, I guess we it's time, to... man. I guess it's time. I guess we got to talk about it. <clears throat> and wait, before you Chris go. Chris Moutinho, tough as hell. Before you go, I'm going to tell everybody who's listening. This was what, three, four years ago when I started having this conversation with you? 
about, yeah, about Connor's Connor, greatness. About Connor's greatness overstated and overrated. And my whole argument was it's not about if this guy can fight. It's not about his natural skill set. To me, and I know this is an unpopular opinion, and it's one that's not really uh the MMA community doesn't see it this way, but I see it this way. I firmly believed that some of Connor's biggest moments is because he was cheating. Like, I believe that because he was able to kill himself at such a level to get down to a weight that he could not maintain. Like, if he had to hold that weight, like in boxing, back in, like, the 80s and stuff, if you fought at a, at a certain or weight or catch weight, one, even in one. Yeah, you have to maintain, you like, water levels. And, and yeah, stuff exactly. You got to maintain within that. You can't balloon back up to, like, 180 when you're supposed to be 140. Like, that shit is unfair. So he was beating up a lot of dudes and knocking out starching dudes who were so much smaller than him that he should have starched them. So I'm not taking away from the wins, but I didn't weigh them the same way I weighed somebody who was fighting people his real size or fighting people bigger than them. So like I, oh, that was my that was my biggest caveat about Connor ever. So I just want to put that out there. I want to throw it to you, and I want to know two things. I want to know a lot of things about this, but the two things that I need to know first is is Connor leg is Connor's legacy submitted inside of a top 10 career in UFC history and two should he ever fight again um I don't think he's cemented top 10 because he can't be cemented top 10 if there was conversations going on this past week of can he cement top 10 if he wins and some people were unsure. It's our conversations. Correct. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I like to give DC a little, little credit, but um, no, I, I don't think he's cemented top 10. I think he's cemented top 10 as an individual who, in terms of impact made as a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of who had the most successful career, all things included, he's cemented. Um, but strictly fighting, no, I don't think so. Is he top um, ten of his generation strictly fighting? I think I think the championships take it over the top. Yes, um, I, I think. Well, I don't know because I mean I think you can make the argument that to be cemented you have to be top five. We make our own rules here. I'm gonna say cemented is top ten because you can move around. No, but but 10. the reason I say that is if you're five through ten, that's pretty close to interchangeable with off the list. You know what I mean? Like not not of number eleven is Speedy Claxon. You know what I mean? Like, Speedy Claxon. Because no. <laughs> eleven could be really far away. So like, like ele- for instance, I'm gonna say his generation, right? In, okay. And you can tell me if you agree with this. I would say his generation is the later half of Anderson Silva's career on down. Like when Anderson Silva, like when Anderson Silva. I mean, yeah, I, I was looking at his as like Dennis. Yeah, okay. So Anderson Silva. It's like, I don't know. You know what? And I think this is part of that conversation as well. The biggest thought I had, other than just like not feeling satisfied with how much hype the fight got for it to end that way, Mm. all I kept thinking was, damn, we really lost. Because in terms of talent, Mm -hmm. just talent per capita or per person, I do think he might be top 10. Like his when when he was on his game at his best, when he was fighting Eddie Alvarez, the movement that he would have, all that. He might be top 10. Okay. And all I kept thinking was, and I can't fault him for, which I think is what sucks most. You can't really fault him because of everything else that was going on. It's like, damn, we really lost the five years of this dude's prime. 
Mm. Because I think you could argue, I mean, he fought Floyd. You can't blame him for that. Mm-mm. He's building the whiskey company. Can't blame him for that. He's letting the money get to his head. I can't really blame him for that because God knows any of us get 100 mil. Probably not doing all the smartest things with it. <laughs> um, then he fought Khabib. He was not in fighting shape mentally or physically for that. Then he took another year and a half off. Fought Cowboy. None of us felt satisfied by that, uh, apart from well, before, Cowboy before getting Cowboy, shit. he fought the old man in the bar. Don't forget that. Yeah, that that was the <laughs> like one of the few things I was like, mm, I probably could have not done that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all right, what, what was worse? The fact that he fought an old man in a pub or the fact that he hit that old man with his left hand and the old man didn't go down? That was a tough look. I remember, I remember thinking that. <laughs> I was <time>. like... <laughs> That old man. Got, also, it's like, uh, where was he? Was he in Ireland? Yeah, he's in Ireland. I mean, that, that dude's man been hit got a many plenty times. Yeah, I gotta check to see if that was a that dude's probably been hit plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then he fought Dustin the first time. Looking, mm-hmm. it's like I think looking past is a bad excuse because you should never look past the fight. But like he he was in a very boxing oriented stance because he had done all this talk about wanting to box Pacquiao which I can't really blame for wanting to box Pacquiao. I can blame you for thinking that Dustin Poirier was going to be a warm-up fight. Um, and then this one, and it's like, like you said, should he fight again with that injury? Probably not. Probably not for a should. Will he? Yes. I think he's going to do the Nate fight at some point. Um, but if he retired today, the only disappointment I would have is just how the last five years transpired. But again, like it's so hard to blame someone for what they do with a hundred million dollars. But and, and on welfare, like five years, three years before that, and which is wild. And I think that when it comes to mixed martial arts, I don't do this, but typical mixed martial arts fans, and I think you probably do this. I, I don't think I do this at all, but I think you might do it with other MMA fans. It don't matter how it ended. It matters how it was when you were great. Like, it's like, I think I think the best GOAT conversations in any sport is when somebody was at their peak, at their peak, who was better than them? Not how long the peak lasts, not how many championships, how many awards. When person was I at agree. their Apart peak. Apart from maybe NFL quarterbacks, then I died. Then I disagree with that. <laughs> but, like, you can even argue at the peak going against literally Peyton Manning, who you can argue is the greatest. At his peak at- was whenever he was in the Super Bowl, which was all the time, and he was. <laughs> oh, maybe. I will say, like, he did have some peak years where he wasn't in the Super Bowl, but he, that was probably the best versions of Brady. I was like, damn, that guy's fucking <laughs> slinging it. <laughs> but he ain't winning. <laughs> slinging it. Um, but so, like, at Connor's peak, all things going well. Who would he not be? No, who would he not be? At their peak? At their peak, yeah. Everybody's at their peak. In his division? Period. I mean, what, what's his division? Lightweight, featherweight? Well, I was, I was, I, I'm, I'm taking like those three. I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to say John Jones. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How much How much coke did John do? Well, is that what we're comparing? No, no. What you're how, many so like, at, a, how many lines in a night for both? No, I was. <laughs> I'm not touching that. I would say, I would say this. Do it like, uh, do it like pound for pound list. Okay. Weight class don't matter if everybody's the same size. And everybody I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep it. To like kind of his class though. Okay. GSP, Khabib. Oh man, 
That Max one is so tough. I think Max beats him. Max had a tummy when he fought because he didn't carry the weight well. He's just like, I have ass weight, so I'm just going to probably eat. Max, Max, it's just Max's volume is so hard for anyone to deal with. Max also would choke you the fuck out. Like, I think that's what people like. He and Connor doesn't do well with any submissions. <laughs> I, that'd be one. If Connor can recommit himself to the sport and heal up, it's like, I just don't know that he's going to want to do it anymore. No, Which I'm not talking fair. about now. I'm not. Talking no, about I know, but it's like I, 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 I'd still watch if if he's able to get like the smallest semblance of his movement and stuff back. I'd, I'd like to see Max come up and rematch that one. I don't, I don't think it would go well Connor. for Connor, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to see Connor get pummeled. Like get, I would rather, <laughs> dude. I would think, I think Max will pummel him. Like I yeah. think it'll be bad. Like I think it'll be one of those. Things okay, so yeah, let, let, let's throw Max in there because I think Max has also cemented the legacy more. Just with that, might be the featherweight goat. Is the featherweight goat? Um, I know how I feel about him, but like I wasn't. Mighty Mouse mm-hmm. might be in there, but I don't know. You lose a couple times at the end. You lose once at the end. It's a tough way to stomach it. Mm-hmm. John DC Anderson. Mm-hmm. Is he? That's a good fight. That's a good ass fight. I'm I'm, I'm rolling with, with Pete Connor there. Okay. Have we seen Izzy's peak yet or no? Maybe not, but like he's like 34. Like we need to stop acting like that dude's 26. <laughs> he's not 34. He's like 32. <laughs> and so is Connor. <laughs> Actually, Connor just turned 33. Happy birthday, Connor. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We're talking about how far past Connor's prime he is. We just talked about Barry Bonds, all right? Barry Bonds was hitting. 900 home runs at 42. All right. <laughs> These guys are getting drug tested. <laughs> Allegedly. Everybody's on steroids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, Izzy will be 32 in a week. Yeah. Shout out, hey, man. Shout out to all the July babies, uh, you know, representing. All these motherfuckers on steroids. <laughs> Yo, I've never steroids. seen. All right. That's the top. That's one of my top. Oh, here's, here's a question because I do think there's a correct answer. What is the worst steroid trash talk in the history of the UFC? And I think there's a definite answer. The worst steroid trash talk. Yes. You mean worse as or accusation, trash talk, fighter to fighter. I'm just going to try and keep walking to the answer. We've already talked about him once. I was about to say it wasn't a fighter to a fighter. It was a fighter to a fighter. And I'm talking about like if you were going to say like the worst, like the worst, like butterflying, like filleting of a person I've ever seen when it came to the um, steroid talk. That wasn't fighter to fighter. It was Joe Rogan and Vitor Belfort. <laughs> like that shit. <laughs> it's a look at him. He's deflated. <laughs> like it was like, <laughs> it's like his traps were bigger than his head. Now yep. look at him. He has a dad. He's a dad bot. Like that shit was like, I was like, oh my God. Cause Vitor Belfort probably had the greatest body in MMA history. I don't care what drugs he was on. Probably the greatest body ever. Cause that shit was just insane. But if you go fighter to fighter, then it has to be DC and John Jones. No. I think there's a worse one. I'm what do you going, mean by worse? Do you mean like just good the dumbest? Or do you mean bad? No, I mean dumbest, worst. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you meant like like cutting. Oh, deep. oh no, I know. I don't mean like yeah, executed worse anything. Like, I mean, I'll give you my answer. It's Cody Garbrandt talking to TJ Dillashaw when he was just like, "You taught." He he was trying to talk trash to TJ, and in the process, ratted out his entire gym, yeah, his whole team. <laughs> He's whole like, team. "You showed everyone in the gym how to do steroids." 
dog, what? 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 Just tell him he's on steroids. <laughs> dog, Cody. Cody would be. He's a clown, dude. I think Cody would he's be. He's fun to watch when he's on, but he's a clown. He's fun to watch when he's not on because he he either gets destroyed or he destroys. There's no in between. By the way, sp- speaking of non-fighter to fighter trash talk, you know what the moment was? And I, I know I picked Connor even after this point, but, you know, mm-hmm. like we had both said to each other, we both flip-flopped all day long. Mm-hmm. It was the moment that I think in my heart of hearts I knew he lost was when he got Eddie Alvarez at the press conference. <laughs> when that dude said, you've won one fight since the Obama administration, what's going to be different? Or since Obama took office, basically? Oh, no, yeah. Since the, since the Obama administration, you've won one fight. What What's going to change? I was like, Damn, that's gonna be a tough one, dude. And he—that was the moment he lost his. Like of all the other really messed up stuff he said in the lead up, him and Poirier back and forth, mm-hmm. that was the moment he like lost his cool somehow. The worst. I think, yeah, he that was disgusting. I think that my, I think also, this is a top two. Like Ariel said, moment. you can't have those people at the press conference and not have Ariel Hawani. End of end of story. Yeah, my favorite top ten Connor losing Connor's press tour runs like. This might be my number one favorite. It's just like literally when when Nathan was straight up like, all these motherfuckers on steroids. You were on steroids. And then I've never seen Connor flip like that until this fight where he just like something like you could tell that he wasn't expecting that blow and he didn't like the way it felt. So he just said, everybody, I'm, on, I'm not on steroids. I'm working my ass off. Your whole gym is on steroids. Your team yeah. is on steroids. He just started losing. And then Nate sitting there looking at him like, you're on steroids, dog. Like he just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's the problem. That that was like Nate's like the one person that can like I think affect him the most. Like as personal as some of the other ones we've gotten, I think Nate's the one that can affect him the most because he's gonna say the least in response. Oh. He's just gonna say like a couple words that's really gonna piss him off. Dog, it's so funny. But Although, yeah, I, I, think... I don't know the bet. The best to me still in that press tour, or maybe this was this was two o two. So maybe that one was one ninety six. I don't remember. Oh no, because that was late notice, so it wouldn't have been. But when they were on CNBC, he's like, hey, can we just have you guys count to 10? Like, make sure that we're on And Connor just goes, Nate can only count to five. <laughs> it was so messed up. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Or he's like, all right, we're talking money. He's like, all right, Nate, go get me my coffee. <laughs> Dog, he, hey, we love Nathan. Listen, I, I think that Conor McGregor. Nate is, can only count to five, but Nathan, Nathan is a genius. <laughs> I think Conor McGregor. He did a lot to tarnish his own legacy this past weekend, like really a lot, which says a lot because he threw a fucking dolly through a bus. So like, <laughs> like when, when we're like, damn man, this is worse than making Rose cry. Like, <laughs> like this. Shit yeah, is crazy. You, you know what I kind of felt was, and this is as someone who has been a big Connor fan and like I fanatic because you can't see pads you're blinded by him. even when we were talking he was like i can't not i can't not say he's gonna win my last name starts with mcg like i feel a... so does mcgrady but i think that he was picking dustin poirier <laughs> i don't know how much irish heritage he has i'll be curious to find out maybe must Listen, be something man, he played with pat garrity and then they claimed they, they said they hung out all the time when it was Mick like grady like grady is also an irish name but yeah. um <laughs> This was the fight that I was having the most trouble still rooting for him after. Is this worse this whole weekend? Take the weekend as a whole. Is this worse than watching BJ Penn get into bar fights and knocked out in the streets? Um, yeah, because I I held Connor probably 
that's in his prodigy. career in a higher regard. That's the problem. Pro- I don't know. BJ Penn's Oh, well, I wasn't watching the UFC as much back then. So, like, I can't really speak to that. And, like, I didn't feel that same way. Whereas, like, when I was really getting into the UFC, that was when Connor was on his ascent. And yeah, a lot of I've gone back and studied the history. Sure. But yeah, I've been, you know, I've been there's a certain element of like when Connor was on, it was like, yeah, I'm watching that. But yeah. you know what it was? It was the Khabib stuff was bad, very bad. But the way it ended, you're like, okay, there's still a lot of fault on Khabib's side, right? Like with the post fight stuff um, and, and everything that happened. But with the Dustin one, I was just like, dog, you lost. And that was the one thing when he lost to Nate in a, pretty embarrassing way at the time he was a guy that was like okay he's at least humble in defeat i was like he was still spouting off on twitter last night like dog you just had surgery like the scorecards came out like i I felt it was closer because i was rooting for connor like i was like two of those scorecards had a 10-8 first round Mm -hmm. and i was like you lost you're not who you were the aura is not there anymore sucks I, I wish he was the dude that stepped in there against eddie alvarez because he was likable as a person and a fighter why and is joe rogan not. interviewing him from the mat i don't know um i blame dana um because they made it clear at 214 that they should probably stop interviewing people that just lost especially by a finish of any kind but like yeah they should have been getting a stretcher and connor out of there immediately it is absolutely bizarre to me that it's bizarre to me that do you think Rogan wants like do you think Rogan feels any way about that? I'm just curious because like he the way he thinks it, it always interests me and it's like because I feel like you don't tell Joe Rogan what to do, but at the end of the day he kind of has to do what the UFC tells him to do. I think Joe Rogan is a is a complete company man that comes back in retrospect and tries to correct his wrongs. Yeah, I think Joe Rogan think is a company a man. Better. Like, I think he's a hundred percent. Like, I'll bet if you ask Joe Rogan, I'd be like, "Do you think that was the right thing to do?" Probably like, "No, I shouldn't have did that." He probably should, he probably would like, "I should have interviewed him." He'd probably be like, "Yeah, him. no, I don't know. I really don't understand why we interview fighters after that because they we stopped doing talk- that after the DC Jones knockout." If you remember. Yeah, I remember that. Like, we just talked about Joe Rogan crying in the octagon for Ronda Rousey. Like, there's just that's a company man thing. Like, I don't think yeah. that any other broadcaster would have been crying in there who objectively was looking at like what was going on. But I think that he is so close to Dana and he only does what he wants to do. So the stuff he does, he really believes in. So he like buys in fully. And even if in retrospect, shit ain't working out the way it's supposed to, he will do it in a moment and apologize for it later, which I don't fault him for. But I think that it's, it's like, you heard what the stuff Connor was saying all weekend, all weekend, like super, 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 super disrespectful. And he you just, knew his poor, his wife was going to be in the octagon celebrating with him. You just broke like not even you knew two, you can see her if you're Joe. She Rogan. was there flipping him off. Yeah, she he broke two parts of his leg laying on the canvas. You go to the canvas and interview him. Why? Yeah. Like why? Like really why? Like what? What was that? You think he was gonna say something nice? You thought he was gonna be like take it all back? Like you knew what was gonna happen? Even if you didn't know, he just broke his leg. Why are you talking to a guy who literally needs emergency surgery? Yeah, I. They don't do that for any woman. They would never if when Rose was losing fights, they they know that she's gonna cry whether she wants to lose. They're not one. So Rose just got knocked out. How do you feel about this? Yeah, they interviewed Wei Lee, but that's just because she was standing and like appearing to be kind of okay. 
And she but, was but the like, champion. Probably they shouldn't have done that either. Yeah, they shouldn't but, have done that either. But she was the champion, at least, where, like, I can understand where it's like, listen, thank you for being, like, sometimes they do it of, like, yo, thank you for being a great champion. We hope to see you soon, yada, yada, yada. That's a little bit different. Whereas it's like, Connor hasn't held a belt since he brought his own replica belts when he wasn't even double champ anymore. Yeah, and the other thing is, I, you can still express that sentiment. That I don't think they should interview former champs like that. I no. still think you let them process it. And you can express that same sentiment of we want to thank them for being a great champion from your broadcast share. Or if they or if they leave the octagon and they walk over and they want to talk, all right, yeah. then we'll interview. But like that, it didn't like when I saw that, I was like, what did that? It hell felt weird. It? I don't like the you like I stopped watching pro wrestling in like 2001. So like They're trying to do UFC, way too much of that now. It it, it it just rubs me the wrong way. Like I blame DC for a lot of it, like a whole lot of it. Because he brought promo. a lot of that WWE in. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, him promo, obviously but, Brock too. Yeah, but. it was just like it was corny. Like one, it was. I don't want a guy who I know can kill me, like with his bare hands. Like I know for a fact, not an accident. Like you hit me, I hit my head on the No, no. These guys can literally kill me if they wanted to. I don't want those guys to be living in the bubblegum land. Like that shit makes it even cornier to me. Like yeah, it's weird. Like I don't. And some of the biggest stars in the UFC are women, and they don't ever really do that. The ones who are winning don't really do that. Like, Lauren Murphy does it now, but I don't like that shit either. Um, but I like her, so I let it Rose just says I'm the fly. best. Yeah, I don't really like that shit either. But it's not called, It's not WWE shit. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I was... And Nathan won both of those fights, by the way, but yeah. I, I do need to go back and watch, especially the second one. Um, I just haven't watched it in probably a couple years at this point but I, I was stoked for chris martino um that dude is a savage um I'm, were you watching did, did you get to see that one or nah no comment okay um so for those not watching chris martino basically just eight shots from sean o'malley apparently the entire fight was telling him he didn't hit hard and then he was soft um and then this came out today that the fighters facing potential medical suspension for six months. Chris Martino not on there. Sean O'Malley is on there for both hands, his left tibia and his right foot. I was like, Doug, what is this dude made of? <laughs> dude, that is insane. But also we did get the one thing that unites um, not just America, but the world. Uh, and that is watching an unnamed former defensive end get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Chewies for everyone. <laughs> but also, yeah, no, no, no hot sauce and chewies. That that does sound nasty. Dude, that is that also like, sounds like something that would have been done in the Freeland house at some point. But yes, 100 percent But that's the kind of stuff where hams and hot sauce. I, yeah. I can't really rock with the UFC. It's like, why like what what is a circus? Like, why, why you don't need to, you have so many fighters. Who literally train their whole lives to do this and they're not being paid and then you go get a circus act to be in multiple pay-per-views like i think CM this is Punk, third baby i think this is his third pay-per-view something like that yeah and he's what four and four now but they know yeah. that he'll get the football fan bump and because people hate him and want to see him get knocked out then put him I against another hated person lost, i was i was sad about that so do you think it's over for Wonder Boy's title chances, like, in his career since he's 38 years old? Or do you think mm-hmm. that because he didn't get, like, did he get blitzed or did he just lose on points because he kept because he kept getting wrestled? Yeah, he most mostly the latter. He, he mostly just kept getting wrestled. So he didn't take too much damage? No, I, I definitely wouldn't say so. Um, 
again, I, I haven't rewatched anything, so I'm kind of going off memory. And after everything that's happened in the main event and everything, some of it mm-hmm. probably is a little blurrier. Um, uh, you know, ulterior conditions taken into account for that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it like there was no, it wasn't like he got dominated. You know, there was yeah. no ten eights or anything like that. It, it was a it was a unanimous twenty nine twenty eight if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah, all right, so I, that right there, I think that if Gilbert Burns loses his next fight, which will probably be um, after the Usman fight to whoever wins that fight, and Wonderboy beats whoever is the loser of the Usman fight, that sets up a title shot for Wonderboy one last time because he is still top five. Unless I, they move the rankings, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was five going into this. And he fought the number two guy, right? Right. So he might be even, or maybe maybe he drops on. I think he would need something spectacular. A nice low head kick knockout. He needs a spectacular head kick knockout. Maybe like a second round head. You know, like if we had to draw it up perfectly, second round dramatic head kick knockout after dominating from the outside the first round type thing. Maybe I'm blinking, but in that division, because I'm maybe I'm blinking. The top 10 is full of fucking great wrestlers. Who could he actually fight where that looks a lot more likely? Leon, maybe? Fuck no. He don't want no parts of Leon. I, I agree. I don't think he wants to fight Maz at all again. Do we do BMF versus the nicest motherfucker? Like, do we just do that, it straight that, up? It works for that. Um... Both strikers, neither one of them want to be on the ground, and it'll be it'll be one of those things. Right, because he needs. Masvidal. Okay, so it looks like he's now seventh. Wow, I think that Masvidal needs a little bit of a boost with his fans because of the whole Trump shit. I think that that could actually be one of those win-win situations where, like, the winner of that is he now needs to back fight in just a, a normal fighter again too. Yeah, like, like a non-champ. Going, yeah, he needs to stop going after the top upper echelon because he might not be able to detain that. So him versus Wonderboy, I think actually makes a lot of sense because they're both going to want to strike. They both have big, big enough fan bases, but Masvidal's have wings. Masvidal doesn't have a fight. Yeah, and they're both older. People forget Masvidal's with thirty six. Yeah, he I mean, he I mean, he's, his record he has fifty professional UFC, uh, professional fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, have they ever fought? I don't think so. Yes, they have. The streets. What? Yeah, they fought at um, the GSP Bisping card. I'm assuming Wonderboy won. Decision, yeah. Yeah. That was that time when Jorge was just losing all the the split decision, King. Yeah. I'm curious, just looking back, because, like, he had such a rise to ascension after the Till knockout. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see. So he KO'd Cowboy in January 2017, then lost back-to-back decisions to Damian Maya and Wonderboy, took two years off, then knocked out Till. So that's kind of wild that he actually got that shot. Well, I guess that was when Till had just, he had just knocked out Cowboy at that point. I don't know, like my, my it's been so many fights now at this point. Like I feel like I'm forgetting stuff. I don't know till it gotten finished by Woodley and then had just beaten Wonderboy. Okay. Like that's crazy. Like <laughs> Masvidal got that shot after two years off, 
Oh, month was losing the shot. I think you're looking at it backwards. Darren Till got a a, um, a stepping stone shot to get his confidence. Keep Darren Till had going. just beat Wonder Boy. I know. I'm saying he was getting a stepping stone shot. They didn't think Miles was coming back and being like this That's knockout true. artist. I think yeah, if I, think I remember, like, they may have even because that was UFC London. I want to say there was someone else supposed to be fighting. Yeah, because that's when he decked Leon, wasn't it? That was. But I, I, I want to say Masvidal may have been like somewhat shortish notice. That's I mean, my that's thought. His whole career. That's his whole career. Dude just wants to scrap. Um, Let me know when you're ready. I want to give you some stats and you tell me who won. Hit me. All right. <clears throat> Fighter A. Through 343 strikes, landed 166. Fighter B, through 286 strikes, landed 164. Fighter A, 48% striking. Fighter B, 57% striking. Fighter A, no knockdowns. Fighter B, three knockdowns. Well, I mean, I know who fighter A and fighter B are. A, little, a, a couple more stats. A couple more stats. But it's all round by round. Like, that's has a breakdown there. So, round by round. <clears throat> First round. So, five round giddy up. Wonder First which round. We talking about. First round. Uh, fighter A, 25 out of 73. Fighter B, 34 out of 58. Second round. Fighter A, 37 out of 76. Fighter B, 34 out of 70. 48% even for both fighters. Round three, fighter A, 49 out of 87, 56%. Fighter B, 26 out of 45, 57%. Round four, fighter A, 36 out of 63, 57%. Fighter B, 46 out of 76, 60%. In the final round, Fighter A, 19 out of 44, 43%. Fighter B, 24 out of 37, 64%. But I need to make this caveat as well. Fighter A had the only takedown of the fight. And Fighter B, out of all of the uh, strikes that this person landed, 40 of them were late kicks. Where are we at on significant strikes? Is there a bigger discrepancy there either way? So the significant strikes. I mean, here's yeah, because like the, the I feel like it's just so so hard to go off raw numbers, and, and this is why I want to rewatch it. Like the way that both of those dudes beat anyone is so different. Like Connor mm-hmm. just wants to start someone. Nate just wants to put on volume, but it's like he's also not hitting you as hard. Judge A, forty-seven, forty-eight for fighter B. Judge number two, I like how the A and two, forty-seven, forty-seven. Judge C, 47-48 for fighter B. So it's all, did he have a 10-8? But you think it should have been 48-47? I think it should. I think Nate won by one round. I think that it was, I think that because Nate threw more, Nate hit more technically. He had the only takedown. Connor did get those three knockdowns, which was flash knockdowns. It wasn't like something that was crazy. But that's pretty much you, all you're ever going to get Nate with. Yeah. And as you see with the rounds, first round, Nate was more aggressive. Second round, Nate was more aggressive. Third round, Nate was more aggressive. Fourth round, it was pretty much even 36 to 63 out of 46 and 76, 57 to 60 percent. 
And then that last round, Connor, Nate still threw more, but Connor connected better. That's a classic fight of like, I think it really depends who your judges are. Like, mm-hmm. if I remember it correctly, it, it's one of those just like, that's one where it's like, you wish you could put like a full jury out there or put like a bench of like nine people out there and be like, this, let's identify it. Like, it'd be great just, if you go to like VAR. <laughs> I just, I just rewatched it twice in the last year because it was on ESPN. And, I think Nate got it, man. Do you feel like more confident every time you watch it? Yeah, that's because uh, I saw it live at a bar when I was with friends, so I wasn't paying attention to it too hard. Do you like, also oh, feel? Because I'm curious with this one. Do you feel like you're going in? In because this is my concern. If I rewatch it, is you know feeling like Connor won the first time, or you know first time I watched it, like do you feel going in feeling like because you already feel that Nate won? Mm-hmm. Do you feel? Like you're looking more for that, or like you feel like you're giving it a fair shake every time. I think I'm giving it a fair shake because going into going into the first and the second fight, I probably was a much bigger, not definitely was a much bigger Connor fan. Mm-hmm. But like I still rocked with like Nate. I was like, oh, this is a cool dude. But I wasn't saying I was a fan of Nate Diaz. I was like, oh, this is this is dope. We got somebody who's actually gonna stand toe to toe. And since I watched it the first time in the bar, I didn't, I don't remember who I thought really won because I couldn't judge because I wasn't paying too much attention to it. So watching them, rewatching them, it's like, okay, let me see who really won this motherfucking fight. And the first yeah, time I watched it. Yeah, because that's where I'm at on that card. was like, that was very early in consistently watching full cards for me. And the first there, time there I There would be times where like, I, I would tune in for a, a main event or tune in to see a local fighter fight or yeah. something. But And the first I, time I rewatched it, I think, like in its entirety, was when right before Nate fought um Showtime. And I was like, oh, because they had a whole Connor like they had a whole Nate like marathon. I was like, oh, let me check this motherfucking Nate marathon. Oh, like, yeah, I check put in PTO out. from work and just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like they should have called it a triathlon though, let's be real. I think I think that it's hard. I think that one of the reasons why the Diaz's are always fighting an uphill battle is because they just look so fucking busted up, man. Like it don't like if the, all of those stats should say that this probably should have been a draw. Realistically speaking, just by the stats, not seeing the fight, it probably should have just been a draw and they would have to just run it back. But when you see this motherfucker just gushing, it's just like, well, obviously he's doing more work. I'm like, no, this motherfucker, half his face is coming off before he gets to the ring. Like, it's just right. what it's going to be. Oh, oh, imagine if that had been, imagine if Nick did do that in all this time off and got the scar tissue removed. It doesn't look oh. like it. He doesn't look like it at all, but you can, hope, you can <laughs> just imagine he comes in and it's like he doesn't bleed anymore. <laughs> yeah, because you just you sent me the picture of the triathlon. I was like, oh, I can still see that shit. In this yeah, <laughs> but just imagine if he kind of got that somehow fixed under wraps without it looking like it. And then imagine the intimidation for Robbie Lawler's like, all right, at least he'll be bleeding. Just looking at what I, I think one of the reasons why they haven't gotten it removed one because this plastic surgeon, like, man, fuck that shit, but also because of how much people talk shit about Vanderlei Silva. I think that's one of the like we can't come into this fight looking different. Like they like, I think they the view it as guys? like, no, nah, I'm just real. Like this is me. I don't think they know how to be fake in any regard. It's not fake. It's literally like, hey, yeah, we got some like you should probably get that you. taken care of. Yeah, yeah, like like if you broke your arm, would you just put a splint on yourself? No, you motherfucker, you go to the hospital. You play, you hey, when, I, when I sprain my ankle, which is really the same thing as any of the things we've named, you should let that thing heal. Listen, I'm gonna say what Floyd Mayweather said to Connor. Y'all got it twisted. Man, just kicking him while he's down. Pun intended. 
Well, you know, he only can do it with one leg. Damn, that's that just—I just feel bad. <laughs> you should. It's it's like finding out Santa isn't real. It's like, oh, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, it maybe feels like he's kind of back. Not back. Listen, I stopped believing in Santa when one, I realized no house in North Philly had a chimney, but two, when everybody white on TV was arguing that he couldn't be black, I was like, he's not even real, and he can't be black. If you're not gonna <laughs> let the fake guy be black, this shit ain't for me. <laughs> All I'll say is this: seventy-four days. In 10 minutes in Eastern time, 73 days until September 25th. It's going to be crazy. Start marking your calendars. We we should be together for that fight, probably. I will probably be in New Hampshire, but we can uh, try and make I've it work. I've traveled to New Hampshire many times in my life. We'll make it work. Or not, but pretend to. We'll be in. It will be at the very least, very much in touch at that point. <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, if I'm like at someone's house, I will be bringing my computer and we'll be on a Zoom call. Oh, I'm 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 all in for that fight. Like this is gonna be. Yeah, I might start smoking weed. Like it's gonna be crazy in here. Allegedly, allegedly for anyone no, who might be drug testing at work. But definitely, I'm gonna probably start smoking weed specifically for that fight. But I'm gonna do it <laughs> in a recreational state. How many drug tests? All right, why are you smoking weed? Nick Diaz fighting. All right, sounds good. Here's a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so we're quite right. Uh. Nick Connor Diaz, Army, stand up. You're damn right, man. Connor, heal up fast. Stop talking about people's wives. Uh, the diamond, baby. Pay that man, Dana. And Pay all the men and women, Dana. Uh, some people you can cut. But Hashtag I'm free not here to tell you who. And Shevchenko needs to be double champ soon. Heard it here. <laughs>